Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored and dedicated in loving memory of Sarah Zakai Alea Shalom Linu Nishmat Sarah Bat Nusrat Veliao. Sponsored by her son Alexander Zakai. Thank you, Alex. The Torah tells us that there's an obligation when a person is plowing his field to ensure that he does not plow the field uh, of, with, together with shor v'hamor. Shor v'hamor yachdav. You're not allowed to plow the field to have a, uh, an ox and a donkey together. And the reason, the question is asked, why are you not allowed to have the donkey and the ox plowing the field together? And the answer is brought down by the Dad Zekenim Balea Tosafot. He explains the most beautiful concept. And I want to just share, there's two different ideas that are taught with regard to this specific mitzvah. One of the reasons that's taught is because when a shor is pulling the, uh, the yoke of the, uh, of the maharesha, of the plow, the plow is, is heavy. And the ox is a very, very strong animal. The donkey is capable of being stubborn and holding up a lot of weight, but it can't pull, it doesn't have the same pulling power as the, uh, as the uh, ox does. So what happens? Constantly the ox is pulling ahead and the donkey is trying to catch up. Now there's something which is very interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with this. If does anyone here go running? Anyone here a yeah. runner? Yeah? So if you try and run the marathon, one of the things that they'll tell you is incredibly important is to be able to find your pace. Yes. What happens if, God forbid, a runner in the first mile of the 26 mile marathon, they're running a little too fast. You know what happens? All of a sudden, two, three, four miles in, they can't run anymore. It's so important. And here you have a guy who's trying to finish the, the race in time, and you see he's running slower than the other runners. Everyone looks and you look at this guy and you say, he's for sure gonna lose. Look at him lagging behind everybody else. Meanwhile, what is actually happening, the person is keeping up a pace, and when everybody else is gonna get weak, and this guy is running in his own lane, in his own, uh, at his own pace, at his own strength, he could run the 26 miles at this consistent speed. And while everyone else lags towards the end, they have this burst in them, and they overtake everybody and they win the race. The donkey is incapable of keeping up with the shor. So even if it could pull and pull and pull, as time goes on, what happens is the donkey is, it gets very, very weak, and it's, uh, it, you could destroy the animal completely. So number one is understanding is that there's a pain of the donkey that as it's pulling the weight that the shor is pulling, it's incapable of carrying the same weight and at the same speed as his counterpart. But the Dazikanim brings a very different idea. The Dadzikanim says that the uh, process of consumption of an ox, an ox we know is a kosher animal, right? The ox when it eats, what does it do? What is one of the simanim? Is that it chews its cud. It chews, and as it chews, it goes into the stomach. The stomach regurgitates the food and then the ox chews on it again. The donkey is not a kosher animal, even though the hoofs would indicate it is, but the donkey, the hamor, is not a kosher animal. Why is it not a kosher animal? Because it doesn't chew its cud. None of us ever had a donkey steak recently, right? So says the dad Zikinim, you know what's going to happen? As they're both sitting there working, the donkey looks over and what does he see? The ox chewing. He thinks, He still gave him more to eat. Look, the guy's still eating. Me, I ate an hour ago. Even though, by the way, each one got exactly what they needed, 
The fact that it looks to the donkey like the ox is still eating causes him pain. Says the Torah, you are obligated to think and to be sensitive and to have empathy to the pain of a donkey. Rabotai, I need you to hear this. Crazy. The Torah is telling you to be worried about a pain of a donkey that doesn't even exist. The ox is not eating more. It's just eating it again, what it ate before. Even the mistaken feeling of pain of a donkey is something we need to stay away from. Rabotai, the Torah demands of us an excellence in being able to feel the suffering and the pain of another person, even when it's not important. And how do I know? Because it even says it specifically about Ahamor. Rabotai, Rav Moshe Feinstein, when he was an old man, had to be taken to the hospital and they need to do surgery. And he had surgery on his heart. And he was asking himself as he's lying in bed, an old man, what could I have done that I should deserve this punishment? Clearly, there was a time in my life when I was not sensitive, when my heart was not there for somebody else, that that's what it caused, uh, that I should need this heart surgery. So he's thinking, and listen, Rabotai, the, the, the beauty of this story is even before you get to the end of the story, Rav Moshe is thinking and he's thinking and he's thinking, what could it be? And he says, you know what it must be? I remember when I was a child in Cheder, in school, the rabbi asked the question once, and I was a clever boy, and I answered the question before any of the other kids had a chance to answer. Before they even picked up their hands, I just yelled out the answer. And I'm sure the other kids in the class, they felt bad that there's this kid who knew the answer before them. First of all, before we get to the end of the story, could we pause for one minute and recognize that here's somebody who as an old man, number one, understands that it has to be that if he's getting he a surgery in his heart, that there was a time once where he wasn't sensitive, sensitive to someone, didn't act with enough heart. And where does he need to go to find the story for that? All the way back to his childhood. As a kid, all he was trying to do was impress his Rebbe. You know, could you blame a child like that? Of course not. Rav Moshe understood though how careful the Torah is being that even when you're looking after animals that you have an obligation to do to be so sensitive. Rabotai, if that's the case, then I think all of us need to take a look at it in our own lives if we are doing the same thing. The same way you can't have an ox and a, and a, a, a shor and a and a, and a hamor carrying a weight together, Rabotai, how important is it for us also not to place an equal weight and not to place one uh, yoke, one plowing uh, implement on two children? Two children who run at different paces. To expect of one child what we expect of the other children is to plow with a shor and a hamor. To give one child something, another child something else. What are you thinking to yourself? Well, you know what? Every kid gets, you got this, you got this. But the kid is sitting there looking at the other kid and he's still eating. Even if it's nonsensical, even if it doesn't make sense, you're creating jealousy amongst the children. And to recognize that and to understand that there has to be some sort of justification. Rabotai, it's such an important thing to recognize uh, the, these sensitivities in our lives. There was once a story with Rav Yisrael Salanter, Rabotai. Rav Yisrael Salanter uh, was the leader of the Musar movement. And he was visiting in a town. And in this town, there was a very big, famous 
hall, a, a, a place where people would do weddings. And the only people that could afford to have a wedding in such a hall were the wealthy people of the town. And of course, all the, you know, the Ashirim with the famous last names, they would come and they would invite everyone and everyone would turn up and they would show off, uh, you know, at, you know, they would show all the great things that they had and make everyone poke out everybody's eyes. And then there's this guy who just became wealthy, he used to be a shoemaker, and he eventually became more wealthy, and things slowly began to do better until eventually he was one of the rich people in the city, but he was new money. And when it came time for his daughter to get married, where was he going to take out a hall to invite the whole city? He took out this uh, fancy hall that was reserved for the rich people. One of the wealthy men comes up to the man at his daughter's wedding, he's about to walk his uh, child down the aisle. And he says to him, he says, just before you start the chuppah, he says, he says, could you do me a favor? He says, I've been wanting to get these shoes fixed. How, how much does that cost? Take the guy down a couple pegs. Take the guy down a couple notches. Rav Yisrael Salanta saw this. And what did he say? And he said something very interesting. He says, I can see from here that in Shammai, the rabbis of this town are going to be called in and, the, and they're going to be judged. Why? So I'll give you an answer as to why this is. Why, when you find someone being insensitive that to this level that there's a, a, a claim against the rabbis in Shammai. I remember once I was in Israel and I was uh, on a bus and all of a sudden, like it happens in Israel, the Yishtabach Shemo, Israeli drivers, are in a class of their own, okay? <laughs> so I'm sitting on this bus, and all of a sudden a guy swings in front and he cuts off the bus. But what he didn't take into account was, yes, he was an Israeli driver who knows how to drive fast and cut you off, but he forgot that the Israeli bus driver is also an Israeli driver. So the Israeli bus driver slams on the gas, and he starts driving this bus full of, I don't know, 100 people, He's driving it like 100 miles an hour, weaving in traffic, trying to take over and cut off the guy again. Only in Israel this could happen, right? Finally, he gets to the, what's it called, zooms up in the bus lane, right, because only the bus could drive there, and he sees up ahead in the regular lane, the guy's pulling up to the red light. He swings a wheel, and he pins the guy onto the guardrail, into the fence, in between. And now the car is stuck and the bus is swung like this in the corner, you know, the accordion bus, whatever it is, and he's got him pegged. And everyone is like, can barely breathe, everyone's terrified. The Israeli bus driver opens the door and he yells at him something. And I want you to listen to what he yelled at him. Because only, this is there's such a beautiful expression. What did he yell at him? He said, Hamor, no. Hamor mi shenaten now, for those of you who don't understand uh, Hebrew, he says, he says, he says, the guy who gave you a license was a hamor, was a donkey. I want you to understand. He didn't curse the guy out. Who did he curse out? He cursed out his driving instructor. The guy who gave him, the guy who gave him a license. I need you to understand, Rabotai. When, when the people in the community are willing to speak to a guy like that, to humiliate him publicly, what happens? Whose problem is it? It's the problem of the rabbis. When you're sitting in Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, and he throws him out of the party, so what happens? The guy says, how come the rabbis didn't say something? It's the fault of the rabbis. So every one of you was nodding your heads. Yes, absolutely. 
Because it's wonderful when people say, oh, it's the rabbi's fault. You know why? Because that means whose fault is it not? All your fault. Rabbi I'm going to have you switch the word rabbi with parent. Parent. The same way it's the rabbi's fault that that's the community's level of understanding how you treat another human being. It's also a parent's fault when you see a child that's acting with complete disregard for another one's feelings. If someone could speak to someone who was of a lower stature in that way, how did the person raise him? The Gemara says that when someone does something good, we say, Praiseworthy is the person who gave birth to this person. When a person does ma'asim tovin, they are a tiferet, they are a joy and a pride uh, to their parents. And God forbid, when they are insensitive, where did they learn? Where did they learn that lack of sensitivity? They learned it also from their parents. Rabotai, I want to share with you one of the ideas that we said a long time ago in the name of Chamovadia is that if a person's parents are not in town or a person's parents are uh, unfortunately not in this world, they're in the higher world, in the Ulam Ha'emet. So everyone knows that there's something called Kaddish. So we say Kaddish to raise the Nishama. And we give and we, you know, we learn Mishnayot to raise the Nishama. We say Tehilim to raise the Nishama. But Rabotai, when a person acts with sensitivity to someone, and you say, wow, that's a person that was raised right. Instantly, uh, by definition, when you comment or when a person acts in that way, they are a sign and they are a reflection on their parent. So you want to do kibud avaim when you act like a mensch and you do and you pray the way you should, you act the way you should and you behave the way you should. That is considered a fulfillment of the mitzvah of kibud avaim. Rabotai, in the same vein, when we act the way we're supposed to in public with a kippah on our head, it's also kibud avaim. Who is our father? Avinu shebashamayim, because also they will say. Ashrei, praiseworthy is the God in heaven who gave them the Torah. And in such a person, and in such a way, they say about this person, Yisrael, Asher Becha Et that God says in heaven, now you are Yisrael, that I am experiencing joy, that I am experiencing honor and reverence, because these are my people, Rabotai. I know you don't think people know if you're a Jew, if you're not wearing the kippah in the street. However, if ever someone yelled at you uh, an anti-Semitic line, even when you weren't wearing a kippah, or even when you were wearing a baseball cap, you will know, a lot of times they could figure out that you're Jewish even if you're not wearing a kippah. I don't know how, maybe because you were doing something stereotypically Jewish, maybe because you were on a plane and when they were landing you were pulling your stuff out of the top while everyone else was sitting down, maybe because they heard you ask earlier on the flight for kosher, Maybe because you were running up and down trying to make a minyan in the aisle. There's lots of different ways that a person could know that you're Jewish and maybe could think something is a, is a chilul Hashem. Rabotai, these types of behaviors, the empathy even towards a short of a hamor, you know, for sure towards a person, even if someone is not Jewish, to the guards in, who, who are here for our security, the way we react to them every single day, the way we react to the people who are serving over here breakfast. Who cares if they're not Jewish people? 
The Torah obligated us in the sensitivities and in the feelings of a short and a hamor. Of course, a person, a human being who is endowed with the Spirit of God Himself, with some type of nishama, whether it is a Jewish nishama or otherwise. Rabotai, every time I see the Torah requiring of us these super fine uh, obligations of taking care of a short hamor, that it shouldn't feel, wow, look, he's still eating and I'm not eating anymore. Or look, they paired me with this person. He's much stronger than I am. I can't keep up. I don't feel good about myself because I can't pull equal weight if the Torah is obligating us on this level. So then how much more so uh, is that the case for us as well? And look at Rav, Rav Moshe Feinstein looking back even to the time where he was a child calling out an answer in front of somebody else. You know, I think sometimes of this idea also in the synagogue, you know, when we have to correct someone who's reading from the Sefer because you have an obligation. The guy read it wrong to correct them and to get it said the correct way. But how we should shake before we correct somebody. How we should shake. How we should say it in a way that the person doesn't think that you're trying to be the shore to his hamor. That you're better than them. That you're faster than them. That you're still eating. That you're more privileged. Rabotai, what a beautiful thing the Torah is asking of us. Bezat Hashem, we shouldn't disappoint. We should make our parents, wherever they are, proud of us. We should make our Father in Heaven uh, uh, proud of us as well. Baruch Amen. 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 Amen.